This is Stacking the Pants with your host, Luca Perino and Coach. Welcome back to another episode of Stacking the Pads. I am your host. Uh, here with me is my esteemed colleague Dan Perito. I am Luca Perito. Um, Scooter, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get a popping coy. Oh, let's get this shit rolling. Brother. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna come out the gate firing fucking high heat right now. I'm gonna start oh, my. Mu- I'm gonna start my Muppet of the Week right away. I had a three-team parlay going on, a three-game parlay going on Sunday. And I called this last week when I saw it happen live. I knew it in the back of my head that it was going to be. I don't know. I didn't say anything to you because I didn't want to influence you into your pick. I figured this is where you were going to go. Go ahead. Just for everyone out there, I don't really bet that much on sports, uh, mainly because I don't. I live in Los Angeles. It's not easy to, uh, you know, bet on games or whatever. It's legal now in New Jersey. So Dan calls me uh, on Sunday and he says, hey, uh, you know, I'm on the turnpike right now. If you want to uh, place a bet or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, quick run to my computer and I look at the three games that I was looking at. Um, I throw 20 bucks down on the Rangers to lose by two goals or, or at least uh, two or more goals. Uh, it was, it was um, what was it, Calgary one and a half. Calgary by Calgary one and a yeah. one and a half. Calgary about one and a half. The over under for uh, the Chiefs Bengals no. game on Sunday Night Football was oh, yeah, fifty six, yeah. and the over under for the Giants Falcons game on Monday night was fifty two. I took the under for the Falcons Giants game, which I got. I took the Rangers, uh, or I took the Flames by one and a half, which I got, and I took the Chiefs in the over. Now, anyone who's watching the game probably didn't see this, but. Andy Reid. Oh, no, no, if they were watching the game, Al Michaels actually pointed it out and said what the over-under was. Yeah. Go ahead. So it's basically – also keep in mind that the field goal kicker for the Chiefs missed the field goal earlier in the game, and it was the, for his first ever field goal miss. So if he makes that, I win $200. But digressing, the Chiefs drive the ball late in the game, and now the if they kick a field goal, I win the – we hit the over. And – then I go into Monday night, you know, obviously hoping that the uh, we hit the under with the Giants Falcons, and instead of going for it or going for the field goal on fourth down inside the ten yard line, Andy Reid decides to do a jet sweep with some fucking receiver or running back. I don't know what it was. I was I, my mind was going insane when I saw it happening. I didn't know what the it, fuck he was doing. It was the first time he touched the ball all season, I think. Yeah. It was, I think it was Spencer Ware. It wasn't the first time he touched all year, but it was like Spencer Ware. If you're going to do that, at least fucking run it with... Like, what? Really? You decide to do that on with fourth... You are a fat piece of shit. Die of gonorrhea and rotten hell, Andy Reid, you piece of shit. I needed that $200. Maybe he bet on the push. I want the NFL to investigate Andy Reid. <laughs> Insider trading. Yeah, and on on while while they're investigating him, get him a fucking dietitian. Fat piece of shit. All right. Anyway, moving on now. I'm sorry. Sorry, Andy Reid. I didn't mean that. Your your offense is really fun to watch. Anyway, getting back to hockey. All right, Dan. You 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 take it off here because I've I'm a little heated right now. Okay. So we'll hold off on some of our other segments. We'll give you a chance to cool down. We had an interesting couple of days since we were last recorded a week ago on the 17th so we get highlighted a couple of games for you guys to check out one was penguins and maple leafs and that was kind of like a fuck you toronto moment three nothing shutout for the pens 
kept saying bet the over, bet the over in all the Toronto games, and Toronto gets shut out. I think it's got to be the first shutout from this, of the season for them. Yeah, it's probably Murray's, the first time they hit on has a not, Yeah, Murray was not had a good season. Stood on his head, thirty-eight saves. He's just the definition of like a big game goalie. You know what I mean? Like he just he just and turns he really it on because he didn't have a great regular season. Their repeat year. Yeah, the second year they won. He didn't really play that great. And then comes the playoffs. The guy's like, oh, goal, puck, no. Stop. Stop puck. Like, it's just, he he gets very, very good when it comes to, you know, those big game moments. And I hate to admit it as a Ranger fan, but fuck, the guy's good when it counts, man. Yeah. No, he, he's, he's on fucking fire. At least last week he was. Then the other game I think we were mentioning checking out was the Colorado Devils game. That was an interesting one because Colorado's off to a strong start and the Devils are undefeated. Colorado goes in. Gabriel Landis, Cog, not a big deal. Three goals, hat trick. Um, they win 5-3. Um, They're scoring he, that that one line. It's uh, – what is it? Dude, it, it's – McKinnon has a point in every game to start the season so far still. Really? Yeah. I didn't know, no, I didn't like, know that. Dude, the kid, the kid is on fire. And Landis Cog, hint, hint, had a really good week last week. More on that later. But, uh, yeah, uh, Avalanche looked like a legit contender. And You also look uh, into rant, Ranton and that entire – that first line for the for the Avalanche is I, – I don't know the exact number. Um, but they're scoring a absurd amount of, like, the percentage of their goals. So you got to hope that if you're an Avalanche fan, those three guys stay healthy. Obviously, you know, you want them to stay healthy for other reasons, but they're scoring, you know, upwards of 70-plus percent of your actual points. You need them to stay healthy to keep winning. Um, and actually, it's – sorry, it's McKinnon and Rantanen who have a point in the first, like, nine games straight. Two of them are, had tied or set the team record, whatever it was, together. For anyone who, for anyone who like, you know, questions, you know, the I, – I don't, I don't want to say the word tanking because I don't think any franchise has really done it um, – but when you do rebuild, you got yeah, you got no, you got to look at Toronto and Colorado as two teams that have done it well. Yeah, you lost for a few years, but I mean, you turn it around. I mean, granted, like you have two generational centers in Matthews and uh, McKinnon to kind of build your entire team around. But I mean, Colorado—they're a solid, solid team. They have other pieces that are good too. They're, I think, leading the NHL in goals against average with two point one one goals per game. Oh, you're, point- you're, 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 dude, fucking Verlamov. Yeah, he's got a one six four goals against and a ninety five save percentage. Hmm. I, I mean, like, it obviously that'll come back down to earth. But I mean, to start the season, he is lights out. Yeah, and no. you've got. Three of the top four in plus minus with that top line of Rantanen, McKinnon, and Landeskog. Landeskog's a plus 12, Rantanen's a plus 11, and McKinnon really bringing up the rear with a plus nine so far to start the season. Fucking slacker. Yeah, really. And, well, fucking Landeskog can't even re- uh, crack the top five of uh, points. Yeah. Only Rantanen and McKinnon with 16 and 15. 16, by the way, tied for the league lead with Bergeron and uh, Matthews. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they've been. You know, I was I was hesitant to pick them as a wild card team. They might win that freaking uh, central. Yeah, no, they're they're legit. Um, they're contenders now. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving along in, in last week's games, we had uh, let's see, let's see, where what the hell day am I on? 
That was Thursday. Friday. Friday were only three games last week. Panthers finally got a win. Congrats. A 6-5 shootout win with the Caps. Yeah, you couldn't beat the Rangers, though, last night, assholes. I'm trying to get... We're trying to lose for Hughes in New York, okay? Yeah. And then the nightcap with the Preds and the Flames. That was one game that we definitely highlighted. That was a back-and-forth shootout. It was 1-1 after 1, 2-1 Nashville after 2. And then uh, the Preds ended up winning 5-3 with that one. Soros only had to make nine saves in that game. Um, That's where Rene got hurt, right? Was that Friday? Last Friday, yeah. Yeah, no, he got hurt on Friday. Yeah, so... He went down with the win, um, only having to make nine saves. Easiest win he'll have, uh, be able to put into his book. Yeah. But, yeah, to say, it's the usual suspects for Nashville. Forsberg, Fiala, Ronaldo, though, chipping in one. I think it was his second career goal. Is that Ronaldo? Mm. Ryan Johansson had uh, a goal for them. You know, you keep you keep uh, what's-his-face off the score sheet as far as goals in um, the, uh, Calgary. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau. That really limits what they do. I mean, he's, he makes them go over there. So yeah. he didn't have any goals. Bennett Kachuk and Lindholm got chipped in there. The Coyotes, they do Coyotes things. They lose again. They're 2-5, and five, only have four points. Leafs on a little bit of a losing streak then. They lost to the Blues. Only their second win of the season. They only they were held to one goal. What was the score of that game? 85-2? to 4-1 two? Four, four, Blues. They actually... That's the second straight game. Right after we told everyone to take the over in every Toronto game, yeah. Toronto hits two unders. Yeah, just fade us. Yeah, that's probably the best thing because uh, both of our picks from last week uh, were wrong. Although I should have um, won $200 on Monday, but yeah, that's beside the point, Andy Reid. That was, that, that was the real money bet too. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Sens and Canadians, two picks to be bottom dwellers? I No, I, I actually wrote this down. I really wanted to talk about it. This is Go such a... This is such a fuck. I'm gonna pull it up right now. It's just so fucking hard to figure out, like, how, like, this is the only league that I think that, like, in the NFL, I would say the NFL, uh, what is it? The NBA is the easiest to figure out. Oh, 100%. I'll pick, uh, what do you want? Warriors and Celtics? I'll, I'll say Warriors, Warriors and five. In the championship. Yeah. It'll be be Warrior Celtics. No, but it's just so easy to pick the top, and it's so easy to pick the bottom of that, the NBA. And then you go to like the base, like baseball. It's easy to pick like the bottom 10 again. You got the Marlins, Mets, whatever. You have teams that you can kind of like always like peg in like before the season starts. But like, yeah, Detroit, you know, I, I think we probably maybe sometimes overestimated them a little bit, but I don't think anyone really had them doing anything good. But other than, other than Detroit, like, I'm looking at the bottom, uh, you know, bottom five, six teams right now. Edmonton's still down there. So if you want to say, okay, yeah, you, you picked them, great. You picked Edmonton. But they're 500 right now. St. Louis, I wasn't high on them, but they're two and three. Uh, and they're for two, three, and three in their first eight. The Rangers, people picked them. Islanders, people picked them. It's really what I'm talking about here is Florida and Los Angeles. I didn't expect Florida and Los Angeles to be, you know, world beaters or anything like that, but I didn't expect them to be, you know, 29 and 30 respectively. Uh, same thing with Philadelphia and Vegas. Philadelphia and Vegas, Vegas is, yeah. it's, still, it's still really early to, like, you know, peg anyone right now, but the big surprise, as you were talking about, was Ottawa and Montreal, who a lot of people pegged as being in the bottom 10 or bottom 5 uh, or top 5 of the draft next year, not counting the lottery and all that, but 
Ottawa came out great right away. And then Kachuk obviously got hurt, and hopefully he comes back because I didn't really think Kachuk was going to be that good that quick. Um, well, let's remember this. Ottawa is a team. Yes, they are a team. They, they are. Their, their GM announced that at the beginning of the season they are a team. So, you know, I think they got uniforms and everything. So it, it's a, it makes sense that they would get off to a better start than we thought. Yeah, I mean, like, especially when, you're, when your general manager gives you a ringing endorsement of we're a team. When they when after, someone after after a ten second dead dead air pause yeah because he couldn't think of anything better to say when they asked him about how his team looks going into the season because uh, we're we're, uh, we're we're a team um anyway going to another team Montreal five one and two is it sustainable yeah. in Montreal and Ottawa who the hell knows let's here's the thing I think it's more sustainable in Montreal because they have the better goaltending yeah uh, clearly so. Right there, I don't know if they stay at the top of the division right now. They're tied with Toronto and uh, Boston with 12 points currently. However, I if they can kind of tread water, if they you know when they start to dip, eventually come back down to earth, they could be a wild card team definitely. Yeah, 100. percent I I don't see them you know sustaining this and beating out Toronto, Boston, and Tampa because I mean let's face it, Tampa's five one and one. Tampa's Tampa's going to be Tampa. Uh, yeah, I mean. I don't see Montreal holding all three of those teams off, um, mm-hmm. but they can surprise us and make the wild card. They've they've played really well so far. But yeah, no, you're right. I just wanted to bring that up because even Vancouver, Vancouver's not at the bottom either. They're not. They're uh, five four and zero oh in their first nine. So I mean, they're above. They're just one game above five hundred. But that's a lot better than I thought. Yeah, they were expected to be one of the other bottom dwellers too. Um, so it's you know good for those teams. I mean, Vancouver's been bad for a couple of years now. So I mean, you don't want those fans rioting again like they do every time they lose the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so, yeah, they've got to keep them happy every now and then. You mentioned Edmonton before, and they lost on Saturday three nothing shutout to the Preds. Preds a good team, obviously seven and one, yada yada yada, all, or seven and one at that point. The Oilers. Here is just a statistic that really just sums them up in a nutshell. Yeah. You ready for this? Uh, I think I know what you're going to say, yeah. You probably do. So, you've got Connor McDavid. Probably, arguably, the greatest player in the league right now. Maybe not having the greatest season compared to, like, a Matthews, who's only edging about a couple points. But McDavid is having a really, really good year at the very least. He's pretty good. He has seven goals, five assists for 13 points. So he's been involved in 13 goals. That, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Not when your team only scores 18 goals thus far in the fucking season. Yeah. He is accounting for almost 75% of the team's goal scoring. That's crazy. Through assisting. Or, it's absurd. Like, you talk about sustainable. Like, if he doesn't score, they're, they're fucked. Yeah. I mean, and only him, him scoring only gives him a fighting chance. Because they're still, again, at the bottom. They're in the bottom ten of the league right now with only uh, seven points. Three wins, three losses, and an overtime um, uh, loss. It's you know We talked about it last week, so not to harp on it again too long. But, I mean, it's really just a shame. Like, But it's also funny. Going back to the goals for and against, it's funny. Like, the teams that don't score, you know, 15 goals, the Coyotes. The least amount of goals scored this year, they're dead last. Yeah. Not, de- uh, not dead last, but they're at the bottom. The Kings, only 17 goals. Vegas and Edmonton, only 18 goals apiece. So, for the most part, the teams at the bottom are the teams that don't score. Yeah. And, deadly combination, 
is the Kings, who have given up 32 goals this year. Yeah. At least Arizona has only given up 18, so their difference is only minus three. Yeah, Anthony uh, Rance is playing really well from everything I hear. Yeah. And then you go to uh, Detroit. They've scored 20 goals this year, but given up 39. Yeah. For a difference when, you're, of when, you're, when your differential is in the teens, 19 and 15, you're not off to a good start, guys. No. And then you got, like, the opposite of that, and you've got teams with who don't give up a lot of goals, like the Devils, who've only given up 14 goals, but they've only scored 22 goals. Yet yeah. it's still a plus eight uh, differential for them. Yeah. Which is... And then you got Tampa, who hasn't played as many games. They've only played seven games so far. Um, they had a weird start where they were off for like three days after their first game. You know, they've scored 28 goals. They've only given up 18. They're probably like the most, like the best combination of goals for goals against, along with, shocking, Nashville and Colorado. They're the two teams that are off to great starts. Yeah. You know, differentials of 11 and 13, respectively, for Nashville and Colorado. Um, and only 20 goals apiece given up. Yeah, but I mean, you, you you look at the teams that have you know, look at the top ten of you know, uh, differential. You have Colorado who has Var, uh, uh, um, what's his name, goalie Varlamov. Varlamov. Sorry, sorry, I just wanted to make sure I got it right. Varlamov, yeah. and then Nashville, you have either Soros or Rene in that solid goaltending. Tampa, mm-hmm. you have solid goaltending um, with Vasilevsky. New Jersey, I mean, Kim K's been great. For them again, yeah. Boston, you have Tuca, uh, San Jose, you got Martin Jones, Montreal, Calgary, Winnipeg, Toronto. Um, you know, you have, I would say, out of all of those, you have really solid goaltending options. Even Freddie Anderson's good, his defense is not that good, I don't think. Um, well, here, and, and you, it's interesting you go right there because that was where my next point was with Toronto. The bottom four teams, as far as goals against so far, total, just total goals against, not average, but goals given up. Detroit, we said 39. Philly, 37, but they've scored 31 goals. That's why they have, you know, eight points as opposed to, like, only probably two or three. Um, but that's always their case and their MO. Chicago is off to a good start. They've got 12 points, and they've been able to win some shootouts, but they are 33 and 33, goals for and goals against. Yeah. They've given up the third most. The Kings have given up the fourth most at 32 and can't score. Also, give, that, get on, going back to Chicago, sorry. Uh, Chicago did just get back um, Crawford. Corey Crawford. Yeah, so he, has, right. he hasn't been in net for all those games yet, and he's also, I don't think, 100% healthy yet. So there is a little bit of an asterisk next to that 33 goals given up. Sorry, keep going. No, you're right. Then you've got the fifth most goals given up is Toronto, who people are saying they're the best team. But I'm sorry, I can't, I can't make them the best team. Yeah. If – you are almost even when you've scored 34 goals in nine games. Yeah. I mean, talk about being sustainable. Like, you're not going to, winning is not sustainable if you're giving up 30 goals over a nine, 10 game span. Same thing with Washington, who's right below them with the same differential, yeah. same goals for, same goals against. Yeah. 34 and one and less game played. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, we got got off on a tangent there. Yeah. Let's not but, talk about numbers anymore because that's probably, I don't think that's that interesting for everyone here. But, you know, but just kind just of a. Early season numbers. I, I, I think it's a little interesting. Just to, a know, little bit of a breakdown. Yeah. No, you're 100% you right. See the, you see the bad teams, and then you see a really good team, at least skill wise, offensively, lumped in with those bad teams. That's, that was the. No, there, there is some alarming stats to that, exactly. Um, do you, since you were already talking about numbers and everything, do you want to just go straight into our top five? Yeah. Go ahead. You got your top five? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I'm not going to really, you know, try and reinvent the wheel here. I'm going to go Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg. I'm, those are one, two, three right now. Um, surprisingly, they're all in the Central. That's that's a hell of a freaking that's a hell of a goddamn division, man. That's real. I mean, that division right that Central there. Central is like sneakily like becoming like the best division. You know, where the the Metro was like the last couple of years, one of the top, one of the strongest, like yeah. depth wise. This one is so top heavy. It's really, yeah. And I mean, even like you look at, oh, shit, I mean, you still have like Dallas in the Central, um, who's not terrible. I, I, I picked Dallas, I think, to go to the playoffs this year. They're, they're a solid team. St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, there's still some good team, but those three teams are out to such a good start. Um, those are my one, two, three in that order. Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg. And then I'm going to skip Montreal. My only thing with Montreal is, is it sustainable? I'm not sure. Toronto's here to stay. Toronto's, they're going to win games. They're going to get into shootouts. They're going to win. Um, are they good enough this year to win the cup? I don't know. Um, but I have them at four. Um, and then I have Tampa. Uh, at my as my number five team, I have Tampa ahead of Boston and Chicago, just because Tampa's played two less games than both of them. They're one point behind. Tampa's Tampa, man. They're gonna they're, they don't give up a lot of goals. Um, you want to talk about you know goal dif- goal differential? They have twenty eight goals for, eighteen goals against. As long as you have Vasilevsky, Hedman, Strawman, McDonough on the back end, those are three like pretty solid defensemen. And then I haven't even talked about anyone on offense. That team is. They're built for the playoffs. They're built to go far. And I know it's early, but I think that they, they've they only got they only played seven games. It's so hard to, I mean, you're, it's not even, it's such a small percentage of the actual games they're going to play. So at this point, it's kind of hard to just get a top five, but I would say those are my top five. Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg, uh, Toronto, and Tampa. Okay. Very similar. I, I wouldn't imagine them being very yeah. different. So my, I, my number five, I'm going to go backwards, okay? My number five is Toronto. I got to put them there just because I just don't trust their goaltending right now and they don't play defense. I and almost I almost, I almost, flopped Toronto and Tampa, I know. Yeah, so that that's just my logic there. Tampa's played less games than them and it's just been more solid across the board with their play. Tampa was my four. They've been good, but they just haven't played a ton of games. Winnipeg, and then it's the same as you. Winnipeg, Colorado, Nashville, number one. Nashville's been the most consistent from the start, with yeah. Colorado literally right up their ass. Uh, and yeah, that, that three right there out of the central, it's just insanity that they've got to go through each other. That, you know, potentially, um, you know, they would all knock each other out, and only one of those teams would, has a, would, only one of those teams has a shot of getting to the conference finals. Yeah. But that's a whole other story with the current um, setup. So my number five, Toronto, four, Tampa, Winnipeg, who I said like last week, you know, was a little up and down the first couple games, but they've kind of started to hit their stride, play really good. Hellebuck's been playing better. Um, Colorado, they're just a wagon right now along with Nashville. Although Nashville last night blew a freaking two-goal lead in the third period and lost 5-4 to the Sharks. Yeah. And honestly, it was a lot of the things that – crept up on them in the playoffs in that Winnipeg series as far as taking I watched that whole game they gave up they gave up leads in the playoffs last year they really did they gave up leads and a lot of the problems with giving up the leads was because they took too many penalties yeah and they actually gave up a shorthanded goal on a breakaway I wasn't a break it was like a kind of a two-on-one and 
Saros is in for Rene, who's hurt, and Saros gave up two bad goals, the third and fourth goal, like one under the arm, where like that's where I think like the smaller padding comes into play. Yeah. Because he tried to pin it with his elbow and he missed it. And then there was one where he tried to punch at it with his blocker again, stick side. Uh, they went on him, and they beat him on the short side. He he just was late and misdirected it. The fifth goal, he had no chance on. The, it was the power play that we all talked about back, you know, two months ago with um, Carlson and Burns. Stuck with uh, Carlson feeding um, Burns on the uh, the Ovechkin wing for the one timer, an absolute clapper, buried a top shelf over the goal. No chance. No chance. Yeah, it was fun game. It was a fun game. It was a little back and forth. I mean, Arvidsson, one of the secretly quiet guys who's just really skilled and like a stud for them. No, Arvidsson. There's a lot of good things. Arvidsson, he's that like you know he's the he's He's their Zuccarello. What'd you say? Yeah, he's he's the glue guy. He he does a little of everything. And he he he, 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 sorry. Here you go. I mean, he had a shorthanded goal um, in the first period to get them going. Um, you know, it, it, it was very impressive, the game he had. Uh, I think he had two goals and an assist, actually, a three-point night. I mean, he's also, like, you, you almost just need someone to play on that line with Forsberg and Johansson. Oh, that top and, line is awesome. And, the but the best, part about, the best part about him is that he doesn't necessarily need to play on the top line, and he, he can play at the top line, top, you know, he, he can play wherever you need him to play, whether it's, you know, killing penalties, power play, whatever it is. Um, the, he's really versatile. He's like a Swiss Army knife. I've watched a lot of Nashville games over the past two years, mainly uh, my roommate's a uh, Nashville fan, so I've been watching a lot of their games. And he always just sticks out. He, he's very similar to uh, Zuccarello. He has that, like... Napoleon complex almost. He's a smaller guy on the ice, and he's just a mean, nasty motherfucker sometimes. And uh, you could tell he's hard to play against. And he's one of those. He's not like a dick. He's not a scumbag. But he's, he's just he, always around. He's like a water rat. He just doesn't go away. He's really yeah. He, he's he's one of those guys that doesn't probably get a lot of you know pub nationally. He's, but like, a, he, he's like a cockroach. Even a nuclear bomb won't kill him. I wouldn't say cockroach because that's like a negative connotation. But yeah, um, <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> I like um, the analogy. Anyway, okay, I, I'm on. lost. Yeah, Mo- moving on. Let's go. Let's go to segment we introduced last week. Lose for Hughes. Watch. Yeah, we kind of talked about it a little bit already. Kind of, you know, bringing up the standings. Um, Detroit is really. Uh, they're they're really making a push. They're, they are all in in the lose for Hughes campaign. Although they won a game last week, so I don't know. Maybe that maybe they're got some re- they're rethinking some things. But I guess even a blind squirrel uh, finds a nut every now and then. I mean, dude, like I really don't see Detroit getting any better. Like they don't have. Um, Who they have? Dylan, Dylan Larkin. That's it. Yeah, uh, Tennessee. Dylan Larkin. Like I don't see them getting. You know, at no no help is coming for them. I don't see them really. Um, the only thing I think that's gonna, you know, now nah, it's it's early to say, you know, like oh, oh they're gonna finish bottom, like dead last. Like that's that's so way too early to say. Who the hell knows? You can pretty much lock them in if they. I mean, unless they just have a dramatic turnaround into the bottom five. Yeah, I don't see Los Angeles and Florida staying in the bottom five. I I just I don't. L.A. I I, I would agree. Yeah. I I, I Florida's. Too young and too talented to stay this bad for that long. They'll figure it out whether it's too late or too uh, you know uh, early enough, like last year, because they started off slow last year as well, and, they, and then they caught fire half the second half of the year, and it was too late, uh, too little, too late for them. So I think it's a sim- similar thing. They have a thing with getting off the slow starts. 
Los Angeles, I just don't see them staying. I just can't see them finishing this. I just, I, I feel like well, some they're going to turn it around. Sorry, go. No, you're right, and I think like look they. They've given up 32 goals this year, only scored 17. If they if their guys up front, if Kovalchuk could get going and just pop in a couple here or there, and Kopitar starts going back to Kopitar mode from last year, where he was a an MVP type player. I mean, he's really an MVP candidate every year if he plays his game. I mean, and Kopitar quick, the way Kopitar is one of my favorite players in the league. He's such a he's he's a top line center who plays top line penalty kill minutes and top line power play minutes. And he just plays everywhere. He's such a he's. We're talking about you know uh, Arvidsson before. He's the superstar version of Arvidsson. Yeah, no, exactly. He he's the more high end guy. Yeah, I would agree. Version of Arvidsson. And if Quick gets his stuff together, you know, then I think that that'll straighten itself out and they'll move up to stand the from the bottom of the standings. Yeah. So, but I I think that some way, shape, or form, your bottom five. I mean, this is very early to make this prediction, but your bottom five, as far as like bad, five best odds to win the lose for Hughes lottery, would be Detroit, the Islanders, the Coyotes, the Rangers, and either the Oilers or Blues. I'd probably lean towards the Oilers in that sense because I think that um, the Blues are more balanced up front, um, and I think eventually they'll they'll win some more games than they're doing right now. But I I mean I, I, mean, I, I have a question. Yeah. I agree with you. Detroit, uh, Arizona, Islanders, Rangers, uh, Edmonton, St. Louis are all in there. I I just want to throw out there that I, I for one, did not think St. Louis was going to be that good this year, and I'm pretty proud of that. But how long do the front office people, the higher-ups in Edmonton have? How long? How long do you I pull mean, the plug well, on? Well, this is- Shirelli, I mean, just came over from Boston a couple of years ago. See, he wasn't the guy drafting all those teams when they had the one, the number one pick, the number five pick, the number one pick, the number one pick, all those guys. Peter Shirelli, he was the guy in Boston who put together that Stanley Cup team in Boston. Yeah. And then he also so, traded Sagan. And he also traded Sagan after, you know, making the right pick in Sagan. I, I always said I loved Sagan out of that draft. Yeah. I, it can't be much longer. I mean, it depends on the length of the contract, what the buyout is, and a team, a team like Edmonton, you know, they're they're a small market team, so having to pay a GM on a buyout after firing him. Is I'm not, not even talking about him, though, too. I'm talking about the, the front office and head coach because something's got to change. This is... Well, they got to change the scouting. I mean, the way they scout. I mean, the head of scouting maybe has to change. I don't know, but... Uh, it's got to be yeah. a full upheaval. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's... This is getting it, – it, it's – I've – never has a team that I have no interest in rooting for piss me off so much. <laughs> how are we doing on time over there? Uh, we have about three minutes left. But it's just okay. – do you understand my point? It's like how many number one picks are you going to get? How many top five picks are you going to get? And you have the best player in the world right now and you still can't fucking figure it out. It, it's, it's, it's your fault. It's your fucking fault. I, I mean, fucking They've move. coaches so many times. and I have Move the team to there. Alaska. Just move them. Mystery Alaska. Sign Russell Crowe. Sign Russell Crowe as your mascot. Mystery Edmonton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Last thing we'll end on then. Actually, two things. So we forgot to do our number sixes. This is Epi number six. Oh, yes. You're right. Fuck. Because you got so excited about your Muppet of the Week. You're right. I'm, I, got, I came out the gate firing hot. All right, I got a couple sixes. You got any? Uh, you go. You go. I have one really bad one. 
I got, I got, I got, a, I got a really, I got a couple old ones and one current one. So current one, stud in Vancouver, Brock Besser, twenty-seven yeah. goals, twenty-nine assists, rookie year last year, American kid, always like that. Uh, little known fact, Jeff Bukaboom, number six with the Oilers. You remember him, twenty-three with the Rangers. Yeah. And then go back to that miracle on ice, Bill Baker will award number six with the Colorado Rockies in '82 and the Rangers in '83. Okay. And, you know, I try and always find one good old name and look that up, and the rest I try and just kind of pull off my head, out the top of my head. Yeah. So the best of the ones stuck out to me. Um, but I was going through it, I could not pass up on this name. Cummy Burton. What? Cummy Burton, C U M M Y Burton, played for the Red Wings in 58 and 59. He had a total of. Hold on, hold on. I got his hockey reference page here. He didn't score a goal through 42 games over the course of three seasons, 56, 58, and 59. I don't know what happened 57. He wasn't in the league. Um, he had two assists over the course of three seasons and 42 games. Cummy Burton, my all-time number six. I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> Your face is priceless right now. I, who the fuck? What? Okay. Um. All right. Uh. All right. Number six for me. It's gonna be. It's weird because I. I number six is six is a weird number in sports. Like you don't really see a lot of studs wear it. Jay Cutler. I was thinking the first person that came to my my head was Mark Sanchez. <laughs> two stellar quarterbacks. Two. Two just two just fucking stud dick quarterbacks. You know I can't really think of any hockey player with six. You know, off the top of my head, you threw out Besser. That's a really good one right now. I just looked it up. Phil Housley. Yeah, it's usually going to be a defenseman if in the NHL. Yeah. Um, Dan Boyle wore six with the Panthers the one year he was there. Okay. Um, also, you know, for our New York brethren, we got to throw out there Joe Torre. Ah, yes. yes. Joe Torre. The, the, the legend, Joe Torre, uh, Yankee manager for the dynasty in the late 90s. Um, but that's it for me. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Uh, any other any other brain busters, Scooter? Nope. I do want to throw out uh, another new segment uh, to add on to le- from last week. Uh, our number one star of the week. Oh, yes. So there were a couple of candidates. The obvious one that I kind of hinted at before. And actually, like in the mid-episode, I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel Landeskog was originally going to be my number one star. Yeah. Of the week with six goals and assists uh, in seven games last week, P- pretty solid week for the kid. I'd say so. Well, it, it, there was a hat trick in there, so in one of those games, but he was going to be it. Then I thought back to the Nashville game last night, and I thought during the games, like you know what, there are these four girls sitting behind Peter Laviolette, Laviolette in the behind the glass, first row. These girls had a swell time throwing back drinks, beers. There was one of them that was double fisting the beer in the first period, and then they started playing um, that uh, country song, I Like It Like That, or whatever it was. Yeah, She's they, up dancing. They, they play that after how, every goal. I don't know if they made it to the end of the game because they stopped showing the bench, but they were there in the beginning of the third period. You know, there were four girls, and they were having a grand old time. Were you they know, Rockets? A couple Rockets. Nah, well, not all of them. There, was, there were two Rockets, a drone, and a, and, and a paper airplane. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but no they all had a great time and uh, then I was like then I changed my mind again and on a more serious note 
Uh, he just announced today, actually, he is in full remission, Brian Boyle. So I'm going to go there. Number one star of the week, Brian Boyle. Hey, that's a good one. I like that. All right. Um, that wraps up today's epi number six. Um, stay golden, Pony Boy. Peace out.